1: You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today. With J.P.
0: McNamara on C103.
3: And good morning, welcome to Wednesday's Cork Today, Bernie taking your comments across the show on 0818 103 103 or you can text or what 62 103 103 and ahead on this morning's programme, Cork workers in the community and voluntary sector are taking strike action today and these are workers within the Irish Wheelchair Association, St. Joseph's Foundation in Charnival and Employability. Uh, they're all looking for a pay increase. Some say they haven't received one over 10 to 12 years. Well, we'll be live at the picket lines this morning to hear you know, what their demands are. But if they can expect a pay increase in line with workers, they say, in the rest of the public service, we'll discuss that this morning and the impacts then, if any, on those who used those services. And we have received a number of calls earlier this morning to the show, and these are from frustrated drivers and commuters who used the town of Formoy to go to A to B. Uh, many maybe uh, travelling towards Waterford Well, they feel that the main street in Fromoy Is just simply crumbling And they say they heard promises over the last year uh, From local representatives That it will be carried out work-wise And resurfacing would take place And they heard this a number of years ago also But nothing has happened So they're asking what exactly is happening Well, we'll try and find out on this morning's programme And we've also been contacted by people in the Charnival area And this is their concern on the lack of public transport for the town. They held a meeting earlier this week and it would seem that Charnival the, the people that want to use public transport feel they don't have proper access to public transport at suitable times. So for example if you wish to get a train to Cork uh, there is none at a time that you get to the office for 8am or maybe 9am uh, some say you reach the office after 10 o'clock which is just too late similar by bus and they want, as there is a train running through Charnival and there's a station there. They just want one service to stop in the mornings early so people can get on and head into Cork City or go the other way and head into Limerick. But that has not happened yet. Also, uh, the similar for the bus services to have a more regular service in the morning earlier to get to work. Or indeed, because of the accommodation crisis, many students who were either going to Limerick colleges or Cork colleges, that they can actually get to college on time. And the other type facility is not available in Charnelville. And while it was extended to Mallow earlier in the year, not to Charnival so discussing that from those who have contacted us we're also going to hear from a man who was looking for information on St. Gubinat he is currently in the process of writing a book on the saints and he's interested in hearing uh, more and if anybody has any stories or knows more about St. Gubinat's connections to Cork he's from Ballyvourney, so he's well aware of the connections in Mid Cork. but it's more so the north and east Cork area he's looking towards and if you're heading out to the garden well Peter Doddall will be along uh, with us after midday at about 1230 answering all your gardening queries so if you have a question for peter get that into us across the morning and we'll pass it on to Peter, uh, who will join us after 12.30. So that and more to come. And again, your call is always welcome. If there's something you want to raise on the show or a comment on what we're discussing, you can call Bernie 0818 103 103, text or WhatsApp 86 103, 103 And something that we're all noticing if you were out at the shop and getting your grocery shopping, you might have, like myself, noticed a €5 euro increase, first of all, then a €10 increase in your bill. And now a 15 euro increase, 20 euros, so on, so on. It has slowly but slowly crept up over the last number of months. And now it seems the cost of a school lunch, it has risen by almost 20% in a month. Now, Cantor are behind this and they weren't able to join us this morning. Hopefully, we might chat with them tomorrow on the show. But in the four weeks leading up to September and this will be the back to school period when people are purchasing uh, various items for the return to school they saw essentials increase wait for this by 19.5% and some of our basic food items, the likes of bread uh, jumping up by 20%, ham for example, that you might put into a sandwich uh, gone up 12% and milk prices have also increased, they're going up by 26% and uh, it would seem that grocery price inflation is the highest level it has been uh, And by Cantor that is who began tracking prices in May 2008, that it's the highest since 2008 so uh, I'm sure a lot of people out there will be hearing this and going yes i agree because slowly but surely we've all seen our bill uh, for our groceries increase maybe not initially at the start of the year uh, but certainly over the last 6 months it slowly has gone up gone up gone up and uh, from the groceries then to your energy bills and an interesting take on this as well this morning uh, that if you have a if you're a dual customer for example for gas and electricity uh, those prices have risen from 2000 euros to 4,200 euros a year and that's according to bonkers.ie so that's over a 2,000 euro increase year on year and then the annual diesel costs uh, which are up to now around 440 euros this is from AA Ireland Uh, that's rising to 1,940 euros from 1,500 euros so you're nearly spending an extra 500 euros a year on diesel prices as well and there's no uh, let up on this Uh, overall when you're looking at the analysis on this and as the Irish Daily Mail uh, do an analysis piece this morning in their paper, uh, they say families are facing, uh, paying an extra of 5,000 euro a year as spiralling prices go up but they include that 5,000 euro uh, with the likes of mortgage rates which are also going to increase unfortunately and we're going to have to you can see how cold the evenings are getting and I don't know if anybody has used their heating or not so far, I know a lot of people are just wrapping up, putting on a hoodie putting on an extra jacket uh, without turning on the heating or lighting a fire just to save on the costs of uh, the fuel, first of all, and energy, Uh, secondly. But we we slowly but surely are noticing the nights are getting colder. So uh, the effect of that now is going to hit us all. And then yesterday, when we were talking about the pensions and what was coming down the line what the government were hoping to do reforming the pensions, a lot of people said it won't make a difference because by the time you hit that age, you'll be nearly into your 80s before you can actually see the benefit of this and that is correct because the so-called experts are out and what our listeners told us yesterday they're saying today uh, that most of the men and half of women will not live long enough to get a payback from deferring taking their state pension and if you opt for example to defer your state pension you will have to live at least until you're 86 to get your money back, and that ignores the interest and inflation and the calculations and all of that taken in. That they reckon that you would be at least eighty-six to get anything back from the state. And also interesting on this is that men, mostly, on the new recommendations that they will fall short of this payback period because their life expectancy is around 84. So that means it is a worse deal for men than for women. And it seems that the pricing uh, set up for this is, according to experts this morning, is more or less geared towards females uh, rather than males. So, But that is something that we heard yesterday on our comment line as well. So that's uh, the latest when it comes to the pension reforms. And uh, this could be good news for workers because there is going to be a change to the tax band, and this change which was mentioned yesterday it's the uh, finance minister Pascal as uh, says that workers could save at least €500 Euros a, on, a year on average if the budget plans expand uh, the income bans for high interest of tax rates so this would mean basically uh, that the inks, the 40% income tax band uh, would increase by €2,500 Euros. so if you're a, a earning for example a higher rate Uh, any earnings below 39,000 you won't have to pay the higher rate on that so that will overall mean that someone could uh, take an extra 500 euros a year uh, back and they're saying that is good but then if you look at the cost of living are you just getting that back I suppose it is helping people at least anyhow but it's I suppose going back into your pocket and then you're uh, losing it again on a grocery bill or your energy prices but it was at least again it's something is you know b- being done uh, in some part to help um, uh, Dave Rataniski and the ploughing at Leash I see a lot of text coming in from people who were on the road and driving up this morning good morning to you all and safe driving there is again queues as you would expect to get into the national ploughing championships again this morning in Leash but this is something interesting that is happening there and I suppose have we ever thought of the link? Uh, because scientists have. And this is the volunteers, and these are scientists uh, as well with volunteers, They're looking at the impact of exposure of pesticides and fungicides after studies found that they have increased the risks of Parkinson's disease. Uh, This is a group from UCC who are in uh, the Ploughing Championships today and they're looking for people to take part and recruit them for a study and a survey because over the course of 15 years they have found that people who have Parkinson's disease are twice as likely to report that they have been exposed to a pesticide in their lifetime. They They think there's a the link between pesticides and Parkinson's disease. So if you were there and you are a farmer attending the National Ploughing Championships, UCC would like to hear from you. But interesting, that link is being made to Parkinson's disease. And we touched yesterday on sleep. There was a, a study on teas earlier on the week. Well, there was a study on sleep as well. And seemingly, when we're all recommended to get seven to nine hours sleep, Good quality sleep is more important than getting the recommended seven to nine hours. So it's better to get a a good, solid sleep where you're not waking up every hour or so rather than maybe then getting, you know, seven to nine hours and the quality is not good. Uh, This research that has been found, and again, you won't have to be told this. I'm sure by many, you'll know yourself if you're ever feeling a bit down or tired. If you get a good night's sleep, you're bouncing the next day. But if you get enough quality sleep, it seems that you're nearly three times as likely not to fall ill with colds and flus and other diseases. And it's also showing that good quality sleep can really have a positive effect when it's making up your immune system. And your immune system gets rest, I suppose, for a longer period and then can go and fight off viral infections. So something we all know is a good night's sleep will help us, but there that proves it in science. Our lines are open Bernie taking your uh, calls if there's something you want to raise on the show this morning 0818 103 103 or you can text or WhatsApp 86 103 103 We will be going to the picket line shortly and speaking to those workers who were striking today for better pay in the community sector Yesterday afternoon I'm not too sure if people saw this on the news or not or maybe if you were watching on Rock this TV for those who do but on Tishak Michal Martin he has complained about constant interruptions in the doll when he is speaking and trying Trying to answer questions that are put to him. The Count Corla is going to undertake a review of the footage to examine the scale and the scope of the so-called heckling. And the Taoiseach, he was very annoyed after the reaction yesterday came when he was answering a question. This question was on promised legislation from the Social Democrats Deputy Keane O'Callaghan. And when he was answering that then, he was also uh, responding in a similar vein to the Limerick Independent TD Richard O'Donoghue. And it was all to do with goods and and VAT on goods and the pricing and a lot of that of course is linked to inflation at the moment but here is uh, on Taoiseach speaking in the doll and then becoming annoyed with the exchange when Richard O'Donoghue that independent from Limerick uh, intervened here's just what, what happened and what's leading to this investigation It's third level that costs money but You're
4: taxing their families Tax. out of existence Tax does contribute and revenue generated... 40% more t sorry deputy you've been interrupting non-stop since yes, I every time day you're not kidding speak. i have not interrupted you at least because At, you the, can't at hold the basic the decorum yeah, I mean, you, that this parliament yeah, demands you that you allow people to answer your question you're not okay? able to
3: So while that happened and the Ciancola has said he will review footage of what's happening within the Dáil, uh, then they were answering further questions later on on the similar issue of VAT on goods. And this was how it's affecting retailers and hauliers and how nothing was done. And I suppose in the end, uh, whatever is pushed on VAT towards retailers and hauliers, it's us. the consumer is going to pay for that, uh, and this is what happened later on in that conversation. That's leading to this investigation. By the way,
4: it was four hundred sixty-three pence. I'm talking yes, about tax, Mr. tax This day, two years answer. ago, the price—the price was forty pence a term. Tax. So that is that illustrates tax. what has happened. Tax in relation to gas prices and energy prices. Tax also.
3: So, do you think they're right that a review is being launched into the behaviour of opposition CDs in the Dáil Or do you think it's just a waste of time no matter what they do? It's again the consumer. Uh, you and I will be paying for this and whatever they investigate in the Dáil, will it make any changes to our life? I don't think so. Anyhow, your comments and your views are welcome on 0818 103 103 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Next, we'll hear from those workers in the community and voluntary sector who are on the picket line this morning and are on They'll join us next.
0: Cork today on C103 Call Patricia with your comment
3: 0818 103 103 Cork workers in the community and voluntary sector are taking strike action today This is workers in the Irish Wheelchair Association St Joseph's Foundation in Charnival and Employability They're all looking for a pay increase and in some cases employees have not had a rise in pay in 14 years Chris O'Leary is a SIP2 activist and a service worker with Employability and he joins me this morning. He is on one of those picket lines in Pinrose Key in the city centre. Good morning to you, Chris.
5: Good morning. How are
3: we? I'm fine and thanks for joining us. First of all, staff, what's the mood like this morning there for those who have left uh, their workplace to picket and highlight this issue?
5: I suppose, you know, people are, I suppose it's, it's things really that people don't want to do but they have to do to be honest about it and um, that's that's always a concern to to staff because they're also giving up the time that it should be with people that we care dearly about, I suppose, really in many respects and that we've worked over a long period of time with.
3: And the staff that are out today on the picket lines, many of them, they just want to get a fair wage and they are saying others within the HSE and health services are getting these increases, but because they fall into the so-called Section 39 and the community and voluntary sector, they have been excluded, uh, more or less, over the last while.
5: Yeah, I I mean, there's, there's, there's a situation by which, you know, most of us are doing what... Uh, public service are doing in many respects. We work alongside our colleagues in pub- public service. And at another level, then, um, because it's a community organisation that has taken up um, the tenders for those um, pieces of work or under Section 39 and so forth, um, we're being treated differently, and we're being treated differently because government is watching its hands and saying it's not the employer, but yet they dictate um, by by nature of what um, our employers get to the limit of our uh, salaries.
3: So is and it that they they would give the budgets to the likes of, for yep. example, employability or Saint Joseph's Foundation, yep. and then they would pay the staff?
5: Exactly. Yeah. And we, and in many cases, then we work we walk alongside of colleagues doing similar roles, but we're not at the same level of pay, and haven't been for. In some cases, over 14 years. And um, in, in other cases, like we're, we're barely able to keep pay with the cost of living. And what we're looking for is a just wage.
3: And when you mentioned there 14 years, which I highlighted earlier as well, does that mean that some people have been working in the same job for maybe the last 15, 16, 17 years, yes. but are on the same wage from maybe 2009 when we were heading in or in that crash at that stage as yes. they are today?
5: Yes. And and in some cases, um, some staff would have had seen a reduction because government funding going into the to the employer, was cut at a time when the economy was um, not in a great place. um, We saw cuts, and we also saw cuts in transport and travel costs and stuff like that.
3: And when you mentioned the travel there and the cuts, and we heard from parents over the last while who have been uh, advocating for their child who may be using one of those services because of cuts to transport or because of cuts to services. And a lot of, in the last few months, what we're hearing back is the likes of organisations we've mentioned are saying it's because of staff. They can't get the staff, they can't recruit the staff. But listening to what you're saying, is a lot of that due to the fact that with the wages and indeed then the workers are looking at these wages and going elsewhere? That's
5: it. And and I, I've worked alongside the colleagues over the last this 2014, who were unable to pay their rent, um, who were unable to pay the cost of living increases, and were forced to actually give up the job that they very much want to be in to take up uh, employment elsewhere where wages were for better.
3: So you'd go along and say there more or less is there a retention crisis. So in that sector,
5: there is there, there, there's a serious crisis, crisis across various organisations. You currently find that the vacancy rate is very high with regard to trying to recruit and get
3: people in. Yeah, and we heard yesterday how nurses who are here in Ireland and are working currently for the HSC, they're looking to go to the UK because the NHS are offering, offering packages which does include, apart from, it could be similar pay or a bit higher pay-wise, but it does include either free accommodation or reduced rent for accommodation. So you can see that happening here as well. If they're going down the other line for this type of sector, people will look elsewhere and not only look elsewhere in Ireland, but go to other countries. If that a offer because outside of the inflation in groceries, accommodation is having a huge effect and if people are on low wages, they can't afford rent or mortgage increases.
5: Well, well, well this is it. I, I mean, again, if you're based in a particular office, then that's one thing. But if you're on the road and, and, and meeting um, some of your participants or people that we work with, and we're, we are talking about vulnerable people, like like it's, it's care and it's Work that um, the state hasn't stepped up to um, ensure that it's guaranteed for the people that we work with. Um, in many many cases, they're going they're going to be caught in the trap that they already trying to promote them. And not alone for the workers, but we will we will see uh, a crisis scenario going forward where um, more and more people can't access their
3: And services that you provide, are they impacted today or or have you some derogation of some type of service being provided?
5: Well, well, what what we've been able to do is, where possible, we've deferred the meetings that we would have today um, for those of us on strike and other um, staff are working alongside and, and continue to keep some service going
3: and your role within employability as a service worker you know you obviously do this you enjoy it uh, and the help you give to people without services like yourselves a lot of people would be in a very different situation if they didn't have employability for example where you are or the likes of the Irish Wheelchair Association or St Joseph's Foundation if they were just to disappear in the morning
5: Yeah and, and and I suppose if you go back and you look at the causes why we're there in the first place is because the they in many respects um, couldn't couldn't complete the services themselves. So the voluntary organisations, um, all, all of those who right over across the country um, have stepped in where the state has failed. And, and what has now happened in many respects is that the state is failing to, I suppose, really bring about the just wage, a living wage, for, for workers who are fulfilling our roles. And we, we do come with qualifications. We do, we do very much, uh, you know, reach out to people, and it's this people into employment, training, further education. And that actually has a big impact on their lives.
3: And while everybody is uh, picketing today, many will go back to work tomorrow. And will be asking: Has this changed the situation? And what was the point of these protests? Do you think the government or the HSE and those that make the decisions will they listen to you with these protests that are going to go on? I mean, this is just one today. There's going to be more over the next few weeks.
5: No, I I, I, I suppose this is a rolling campaign at this stage. Quite quite clearly, it's, it's Cork today, it's Galway, Donegal during the rest of the week. Back to Cork again, County Cork again during during Friday. So it's a continuous rolling campaign, and um, to be fair, that, that's what we need to do, that's what we have to do. We don't enjoy it. and um, We prefer to be in a different situation where we're just dealing with the people that we work with and providing their care and their assistance throughout what what we're really committed to do. But at the end of the day, we also have to survive with families that need to survive on the work that we're doing. It's becoming unattainable at
3: OK, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens over the next week, if any announcements come from those uh, in charge and that make those decisions. For the moment, Chris, thank you for joining us this morning on the programme. Matthew, thanks very much. Uh, that is Chris O'Leary there who is a SIPTU activist and a service worker with employability uh, in Cork City and while we're discussing that, what's happening today and, and those that are out, staff at Enable Ireland in Cork and Kerry, they will strike on Friday uh, with similar industrial action for them taking place in the west of Ireland on Thursday and uh, this week's industrial strike action then it has been supported by the ICTU, SIPTU, FORSA and the INMO and as Chris said they're rolling campaigns they will have over the next number of months. And the 14 years where people are waiting uh, for a pay increase Mossy on WhatsApp says when the government TDs get pay increases they get it immediately they don't be waiting 14 years you'd have to question what's going on regarding the community and voluntary sector if they have to wait no wonder they strike today uh, Mossy on WhatsApp to 0862 103, 103 and on the way we're going to hear from calls we got earlier this morning and this is to do with what callers say is the crumbling Main Street in Formoy which many use as a commuter route to Waterford. Uh, We'll hear what exactly is happening uh, to that main street and that uh, thoroughfare which was supposed to be redone about three years ago and then I think we had word that something was to happen earlier this year but it looks like nothing has discussing that next.
0: Court today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086
3: 103, 103 A lot of people in touch this morning regarding transport issues and one of those is the condition of our roads and one road in particular is the Main Street in Formoy which I know councillors have expressed uh, delays uh, about as well, their anger at delays over the last number of months and one of those that joins me is Councillor Noel McCarthy. Good morning to you Noel.
6: Good morning, John Paul, and thanks for having me on. And thanks
3: for joining us. So a lot of the callers that were on this morning were just frustrated and the fact that one person was going for an NCT uh, later today after work, he felt that this could affect his NCT. And many use that route, as you know, for travelling on to Tallow and Waterford. But uh, the the route itself, it, it goes via the main street in Fermoy, And many are saying it's just crumbling now at this stage. Is it the TII are responsible, though, for this street, even though it's it's in a town, it's still considered a main road, is it?
6: Yes, it's the, it's the N72. The N72 comes through the town of Amoy, comes through Partridge Street, turns goes over the bridge and goes out, then turns left on, by the Protestant Church and continues on to Mello, and, and from there on to Clarning. It's, it's, it's just beggars belief, John Paul, that... We've been raising this issue, both I and my colleagues, since 2019, about the state of the road of the street in, in from my part of the street. It's hard, to, you'd have to see it to believe it is so bad. It's crumbling, as you said there yourself in your introduction, and it's it's patched up and it's patches, and, and people will say to us as, a, as councillors and saying, why aren't the council doing something about this road? And we have to explain to them it's not under our uh, remission. It's the TII with full responsibility for the, for the full intent to which includes Patrick Street and mine. And, and if
3: we, I'm not wrong, yeah. Noel, was, was there supposed to be work done on this in 2019 before the pandemic? Uh, then it was delayed due to, I presume it was delayed due to all the restrictions. And earlier this year, we raised that on the show and works were supposed to commence earlier in 2022 in, in the springtime. Uh, but nothing obviously has been done.
6: Nothing whatsoever. We, as I say, we've been raising this matter for the last three years or more. I think, John Paul, they did do a patch in 2018. Mm-hmm. And we were delighted with the patch. And we felt at the time that when they were doing this work, when they were doing it at night time, they, they didn't interfere with any business going to town, which was great. But we thought they were doing the full length of the street. But asked they only did a small portion of it. Now, now, that's in good condition, but the rest of it, and they knew since that time that this work needed to done. We've highlighted every opportunity we've got at meetings. I must compliment our Director of the Roads and our senior engineer for mine. They have also raised every opportunity in it, But we're falling on death mirrors and the money is not. I think it's down to money, John Paul. I think that they're doing other sections which needs to be done as well against them. So you said about the person going for the incident. I know people have been on to me travelling that road on a regular basis and they're fed up with the, the road that the condition is in. This is a national route it's been ignored and it to have, we need to get works done straight away. And if you and say the no, money
3: is no, gone, Noel, if they were saying in 2019 it was going to be carried out work-wise, surely money was allocated then. And again, if something was supposed to be done earlier this year, you'd have to ask, where has the money gone? So, because it should, it should have that, been
6: allocated. Yes, there was money decided to put away for some section to be done again in purchases in 2019. Then, through our... Um, from our engineer making representations, we got we were told that a, a certain portion of it will be done in 2022. Now that hasn't happened. yet. I, I know we're frustrated at that as well. At least we got some bit of it done to be a start. But to get a letter back, to which we wrote to them in July on our last meeting before the summer break, to TII to, to say what is really happening, and we got this letter back at our meeting on Monday which I think was a kicking in, it, in the teeth and an was to us in for my municipal uh, district to say that they have no plans now to do this work till 2024. As you can imagine, John Paul, that was hard to believe again with this response back. And we're not going to accept it. We're, we're definitely not. We're going to raise it in our next, we have a roads meeting in our next order meeting. We have a motion, we'll have a motion down for that to say we're not accepting this answer and we're demanding a meeting to discuss
3: it. And, and do you think that will make a change if it's the TII are responsible and not the council by you putting a motion down will it make some influence and will the work get yeah. done this year uh, because 2024 is an, another year and a half away so I don't think from what we're hearing on, on the phones people will wait that long.
6: And, and I agree with you and people are frustrated both business people the shoppers in our town the people travel through the town on a regular basis Yeah, they, they, they do, and like reading this today on the paper they'll say this can't be right. And we are saying you know, we we want we are not accepting it because we report that some work would be done. It hasn't happened. We're going to follow up with that. We want the full length of Park Street we surfaced That's what we deserve. At the town of Falmouth deserves that. As you know, John Paul, coming into a town, the first impressions are always, you know, everlasting in your memories. And like if you see this road patched up, you know, it, it just it, it, it shouldn't happen in the main street anywhere. The mind for my life. and like we we are. Uh, we think it was under the control of the council. We'd have a done long goal. I really feel strongly in that. But because it's because it's the national funding, we're being ignored. And, and, and they say there's other places more important than this. But we, we have to fight our battle here now and like that it may see that we are not accepted until 2024.
3: Do you yeah. feel that towns like Vermeer and other towns right across Cork who have main routes going through their main street, that there should be some influence from the local councillors and local council uh, that, instead of the TII having full control over it?
6: Without a doubt. I mean, it, we, we're the ones that go to, uh, that live in the town. We're the ones that visit on a regular basis. We know what the people are saying to us and, and, we, and the TII should should listen to us to say, listen, we wouldn't be making these um, demands if, we were, if it wasn't needed. And they can themselves for, like when they come down, as uh, some of the officials come down and see for mine, they must know firsthand that this book is needed. I understand funding, but like, we, we can't wait this long. Funding should have been, as you said, in 2019 and 2024, that's a five-year split. We can't be right for funding, not to be given, for respect to all that. You, to
3: be done. you touched on businesses there, Noel, uh, and one thing you'd have to ask is the retailers who are paying rates to the council. I mean, they must be very unhappy asking, what are they paying rates for?
6: Exactly. And and, and they can't understand. When I go downtown, and, and downtown people stop me saying, no, the road. And I'll say, yeah, it's not. It's very, I told. I think sometimes this can't be right, what I'm telling them. I said, it's not our responsibility. It's the national route. It's TII. We're trying our best like yourself so what are we paying rates for and what are we you know doing our best to get people into our town to, to shop here and, and like be able to be drive through the town without taking a patch or anything a bump on the road in the main street doesn't make sense and that's what yeah,
3: night. No, well no, hopefully Noel that motion that will be put down will get to the TII and something will be done and works will be done this year if they can do them before the end of the year or early next year and get that route resurfaced uh, I think people just cannot wait until 2024 uh, for a town the size of Formoy but also for commuters who go west to east from Waterford to Kerry on that route either they're getting frustrated. Uh, for the moment Noel thanks for joining us and we'll, we'll keep in touch to see what happens with that motion and if it gets to the TII but thanks for joining us this morning.
6: And thank you Jean-Paul send
3: me on. Thank you. Thank you. No, Councillor Noel McCarthy, they're joining us from Fermoy. I have a number of texts in when we mentioned Fermoy. Bandon has come up on our tech screen a lot because people are frustrated also saying, I agree with your callers who are frustrated traveling through Fermoy. I have to travel from Dumanoway to Cork City every day, and North Main Street in Bandon is a nightmare. Uh, my friend was down on holidays with us over the summer months, and his young five-year-old old was calling Bandon, Bumpy Bandon because of the condition of North Main Street uh, what can be done on this says Don well Don I can tell you we did raise this on the show a few weeks ago, works are to commence shortly, A uh, tendering process is underway whereby that street is to be totally resurfaced from the courthouse if you know Bandon down as far as the Allen Institute uh, where the old post office is in Bandon town so that is due to be uh, resurfaced I would say in the next two to three months that's the answer we got uh, from the council and local councillors when that was raised a few months ago Should that hopefully will change but you're right uh, the streets should never have been Left in that condition for so long, and I, I traveled the street uh, myself. And, and it is uh, you know, you're driving and you're, you're bouncing around your car because it's just such uh, in bad repair. And for our main thoroughfare, from people who are driving uh, into West Cork, hitting Bandon, driving through to go to Inneskeen, Banleen, Manway, Bantry, wherever they're off to, uh, that is what they are met with. And I think Noel is right there in what he said about many people that come to a town, their first impression can be what they see around them, and if you're travelling through a town and more so in tourist areas and you're met with bad road conditions like your friend's five-year-old son I mean he's remembering his trip to Bandon now was Bumpy Bandon and that's the last thing you want to go around the country if they're travelling not where your friend was from but if they're travelling from another area of the country that's the last thing you want for uh, reputation-wise for your local town uh, be that for Moy or Bandon uh, your calls are welcome 0818 103 103, 103. text or WhatsApp oh eight six two one zero three one zero three. 103, 103. <laughs> Earlier we mentioned and we had audio from Doll Aaron on how Taoiseach Mihol Martin has complained about constant interruptions in the doll while he is speaking and trying to answer questions. Now the Kionkura has undertaken a commitment to review footage to examine the scale and scope of the heckling within the doll. Well, on this, Michael O'Sullivan and Castletown has uh, sent a WhatsApp with his uh, view on, on this one. And Michael says that he feels it's absolutely disgraceful the way in which opposition TDs interrupt speakers in the Dáil. That is the height of ignorance and it proves that we elect the most inferior quality of TD. says Michael. People who roar and shout in any walk of life are only those with an inferior complex. They are incompetent and not fit for purpose. The most effective opposition TD in the Dáil is Michael Lowry. Have you ever heard that Man raised his voice, and if any TD has reasons he had. Much stricter controls or restrictions must be brought in to make the doll operate more effective and not having TDs roaring like cattle at a march. They are not fit to be legislators. It's utterly shameful and we should not be electing them. It is we are to blame, says Michael uh, to WhatsApp on 0862 103, 103 Your views are welcome. Do you agree with Michael? When you hear the roaring and shouting in the doll? it doesn't get anything done and he feels that those that are roaring and shouting have an inferior complex and we are the ones to blame for that happening because we are voting them in. And this uh, roaring and shouting uh, comes as part of the investigation the Chuck has put in because it was an an, an exchange, you could call it, I suppose, uh, which was in the Dáil yesterday afternoon uh, from two TDs. One was Keno Callahan of the Social Democrats and then the second was the Limerick Independent TD, uh, Richard O'Donoghue. Anyhow, we'll have more. I'm sure i hear more on that investigation over the course of the next few weeks. And from the Dáil to the cost of living we mentioned and how much we all are paying much more for uh, growth and bill diesel and petrol what a listener from Dunmanway says they feel the costs are going through the roof as they drive every day and this person says I put fuel into my car three days ago of 40 euro now, it's every three days I put fuel into my car and before, the fuel would last more than a week. Not now, though. It's just every three days. It's an utter disgrace how we are being treated in this country, says so that person on WhatsApp. And Heidi, and we'll be discussing roads again uh, shortly in the programme, and this is more so from a public transport point of view and the lack of public transport uh, from emails we've got in from people in the Charnival area. And why we're hearing that we should all be using public transport and we hear about the Greens who were encouraging and looking for more light rail options in Dublin which they are working on and indeed here in Cork and then we hear about the Bus Connect service that they are expanding and cycle lanes being implemented in many towns, villages and indeed our cities across the country. Yet we have uh, people emailing us saying they cannot access public ser- or public transport even though we're being told to use public transport but uh, Heidi, uh, when we, we were speaking before 11 uh, to Councillor Noel McCarthy from Fermoy, on their Crumbling Main Street and what can be done. Their promise works to go ahead in 2024 from the TII, uh, which is the national body that looks after the roads. The, uh, they were called the National Roads Authority, they're now called uh, Transport Infrastructure Ireland, the TII, and they look after main routes. So that's why Vermont's Main Street falls into that remit. Uh, but Then Heidi is making the point about our overall transport system and she says, I'm sure you have heard this before about roads, transport, plus, Uh, again, in the West Cork region, there is no rail service, so we only have one option to go uh, to and from on the road. But yes, when we hear about Fermoy and everything put on the long finger... Again, we are the biggest county in this country, but everything here in Cork is put on the long finger when it comes to getting things done. Look how the HSE has treated us on our hospitals. If it was not for the likes of Deputy Michael Collins, a lot of people would be gone blind because he runs that bus to Belfast. Now I think it's time for people, not only here in Cork, but across Ireland to speak up because the end of Ireland just doesn't stop in Dublin, says Heidi on WhatsApp to 0862103103, And a word of warning here for people, if you're going out purchasing a new phone, uh, maybe your phone is packed up and you're looking to get a new one. This is something that a listener has a text in about. And this person is saying uh, that uh, hopefully nobody will make the same mistake that she did. Uh, she purchased a phone in a phone shop on Monday and told the staff member what she needed the phone to do. So I presume she was getting a smartphone. And she needed it for X, Y, Z reasons. Uh, to which this person behind the shop, who's an expert and who she trusted, uh, chose, uh, chose a phone for her and said that this phone would serve her purposes so she paid 200 euros for this phone as she was badly stuck only to find out afterwards that it would not do anything that she needed it to do and she asked the sales assistant for but no it wouldn't do anything that she wanted it to do uh, so she took it back and asked for her money back to which she was refused and said her only option was to spend another few 100 euro on a new phone uh, but then that she could do nothing with her original phone that she would had to keep her original phone and spend more money on a new phone. And then she said the sales assistant was boasting that he himself paid €1,200 for a phone himself. Now, uh, the person that has contacted us says, I am a single mother. I needed a phone to help with my college assignments. I was stuck so I did anything I could to get a phone fast. This is what I did. €200 was my budget overall for a new phone. I spent that Uh, And then I get a phone that can't do what I want it to do. And now I can't get my money back. And I have to go elsewhere to get another phone that will actually do and work for me. Uh, Quite upset and money gone. I'm wasting money, especially in these days. Uh, So a word of warning, if you are going to a phone shop, uh, maybe check out the phone while you're there in the shop, if it will do uh, what you want it to do. Because I know uh, there is so many various phones out there on the market, but I'm sure you'll all be familiar if you're getting an Android phone or a smartphone that many of them work off Google Play. So you'll see the Google Play Store on your Uh, handset. And if you purchase some phones out there, they don't use Google Play. They have their own app store, but within their own app store, as they call it, they don't have uh, a lot of the apps that are used for college. So while this lady was doing a part-time course in college, a lot of the courses would use documents that Google provide. But if you don't have access to Google services on the phone, uh, then that phone is no good to you. And that seems to be something that has happened here in this. I could be wrong, but it sounds like something uh, that has happened here because I have heard of students who have got phones over the last month and they've realized after they purchased the phone, uh, they can access Google Play. Uh, and that is now for Android. Obviously, Apple is a different kettle of fish. They have their own uh, Apple Store uh, and that works totally different. But for Android, which are sometimes cheaper, you can find yourself in that situation. So, a word of warning for those who are getting a phone and you maybe should check for first if the Google Play Store is on that phone or ask if the Google Play Store is within that phone because I've heard of so many people getting caught over the last month uh, in particular students who uh, college is now using uh, more of the Google services and when they go on home and plug in their phone and want to start downloading apps they need for their college courses they can so just a word of warning uh, something uh, one of my friends he's just bad with technology wouldn't understand much when it comes to, to technology and then one of our other friends is a whiz kid in technology you could ask him anything and he knows all about memory and laptops and everything is just really good at that type of stuff Uh, so if they're ever going purchasing items like laptops for work or whatever he will bring a friend with him so maybe that's an idea for the future uh, for that person on text to bring someone with you that knows their stuff with phones Uh, but overall for anybody uh, who's buying an Android phone look out for the Google store make sure the play store is on uh, the apps that you can download and use for various uh, reasons when you get your new phone anyhow thank you for that word of warning and one more that is coming here this morning from two people and this is reacting I'm sure you saw the video footage on TV and on social media over the last two days uh, what happened in Cherry Orchard when a car rammed into a garda car. There was two cars chasing around a housing estate in Cherry Orchard in Dublin. In the end the two cars were burnt out in a green area of that estate or next to that estate but they rammed a garda car. I think it was twice uh, while onlookers were cheering when the garda car was being rammed and I've got two texts from McCroom and here they are which basically say uh, we're looking and hearing about what happened in Cherry Orchard and that is terrible but JP here in McCroom we are heading for that as well we have boy racers this whatsapper says flying up and down the town all night no guards in sight and now they have one unit in Cherry Orchard and that's since What's happened in Cherry Orchard? Some would say a bit too late putting in a guard unit there now. They're not going to come back and do the same thing in the same place. No, they might, but uh, doubtful that they'll maybe go to another uh, housing estate in that area. It's, it's a big uh, housing area uh, within Dublin. But uh, they're saying, should something happen like this in Macroom, we don't have that type of unit to deal with this situation or have a guard uh, parked in the street or nearby all day or all night. Uh, also, this person says there's no guards to be seen on the streets either people are parking on double yellow lines and holding up traffic and nothing is done. And another person in McCroom uh, reacting similar to what that uh, person is saying. uh, They say though in their housing estate they have again they call them boy racers driving into their estate. Last night it happened spinning around and then driving out again. You can hear the brakes screeching and the wheels burning. Now we never had this issue before only in the last few months but due to the scenes in Cherry Orchard it's causing us to think that something needs to be done or worse still they'll see what happened in Dublin and they'll try to reenact it in McCroom so two separate uh, Whatsapps on what people are worried about in McCroom following what they saw in Cherry Orchard are you leaving McCroom uh, the people involved don't want their name or housing estates mentioned but uh, is it a problem in McCroom? Boy racers, late at night, up and down, I presume the main street or some streets in McCroom, but also driving into housing estates, doing wheelies, as, as they say, uh, and then driving out again, but causing disturbances. Uh, your views are welcome if, if it's something that maybe it's happening in other towns as well. And as these people on, on WhatsApp are saying, they're worried uh, from the scenes they saw in Cherry Orchard that it would kind of react to a copycat situation for them. Uh, but maybe it's happening not only in McCroom, Crewmen in other towns. Anyhow, your views are welcome. Uh, You can call Bernie 0818 103 103 or text or WhatsApp 0862 103
0: 103. C103 Jobs.
3: And on today's job spot, we have vacancies for fitters needed for a well-known mechanical company in Cork. You can apply with your CV to jobs at hamiltonfrench.com. A sales assistant is required for the 3Mobile phone store in Bandon. It's a temporary position for five months. It's four to five days per week, including weekends. And you can email your CV to manager.bandon3.ie. And qualified childcare staff are needed for relief work and cover work in Dramina Community Play School and after school. You must have at least a level 5 qualification in childcare and you can forward your CV or references to Dramina Community Play School at gmail.com These jobs and more they're online right now just go to c103.ie forward slash job
0: Court today on C103 Patricia, with your
3: comment. 0818 103 103. We have received a number of emails across the week from people who are not happy with the lack of tr- public transport, and this is in relation to the Charnival area connecting to the cities of either Cork, Limerick, or indeed to Tralee. Now, a meeting was held earlier this week to highlight the lack of options for those living in Charnival, and Evelyn O'Keefe is chairperson of the Charnival Community Forum, and she joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Evelyn.
7: Good morning, (laughs) Peter.
3: And thanks for joining us. Now these issues—they were raised because, first of all, you have a situation with accommodation where students can't get accommodation, so they have to access public transport. But it's more so the suitable times from timetables to get people to either Cork or Limerick cities in time. For example, what what I'm hearing is if you are going to work in Cork City, uh, the earliest train leaving Charleville to Cork City is about 11 a.m. So you're arriving 11:45 a.m. And more examples on buses means. That you would not get into your workplace For be gone beyond nine Which is too late for many
7: Exactly. And now with the accommodation crisis in both of the cities, both in Cork and Limerick, it's vital that there is a morning service here for people that are working and students. Because if they actually had this bus, it would actually alleviate the pressures on both of the cities that we could take the travel students out of those cities and they could commute. Because a lot of the students could commute because some of them might only have a couple of weeks up to Christmas and then they're on placement and they would take their placements locally, which would save them a lot of money and also be you know, an advantage to businesses here in the town but um, now we see the situation like as you said there where the first train leaves Charville at 10.59 arriving in in um, the station in Cork at 11.45 and this is grand if you're going out for a day trip or you're just going out for the day but it's not really any good to workers um, or students and we're finding here in Charleville, like we've been listening now since 2008 when the first road um, was announced that we would get all these services. But unfortunately, because of all the delays, and we're now in 2022, um, nothing has happened in the change of timetables. They've never put in the morning services going either to Limerick or Cork. And um, at the moment, like we had students contacting us for the last two weeks then they couldn't actually take up their places as they had no way of getting in on time and we also have a couple of dozen parents now that are actually doing the morning commute to Limerick which they're going in in the morning and coming out in the evening and we've added up that they're doing about 980 kilometres a week and and we all know with the cost of living at the moment that's not really sustainable for any family or even to ask that of a household but yes they're having the choices like um, to either leave their children drop out or defer and as we can see the accommodation crisis with students going back to 2013-2014 when we saw the accommodation crisis kick off. Um, so now we're in 2022, so we can't really expect a change in accommodation crisis in the next 12 months. So realistically deferring is only delaying the inevitable. Whereas if we could get this bus on the road, uh, we would take an awful lot of cars off the road coming into the cities that don't need to be on the road. And we get a lot of kids and workers to colleges and jobs
3: Totally. And Evelyn, one thing you point out there regarding the train and Heidi and WhatsApp uh, saying that, you know, West Cork does not have a train service, but you have a train service. You have a train station in Charnelville. Would it not be possible or has anybody there ever approached Irish Rail or Northern Ireland to yeah. see if one of the early services could stop in Charnelville either way to Limerick or to Cork?
7: Exactly, because we have a 7.29 commuter train leaving Mallow heading into Cork Kent Station and it arrives in um, Kent Station at 5 to 8. We are exactly seven minutes up the line from Mallow. So if that train left at 7.20 from Charbel, it would still hit Mallow for 7.29 and be on schedule to hit um, Cork Kent at exactly the same time and like it's only something as simple as that is all we need here in charlotte to make a huge difference to open access to everybody for education and jobs like I work with um, people on um, community employment schemes and we find in talking to people the biggest barrier to get to jobs especially start when they're just starting to get into the workforce that they don't have the money to buy these cars and um, get insurance and things like that whereas even if they had the opportunity to use the train even for a short period of time um they could, you know, hold down jobs, you know, and it's really, really affecting all um, sectors here in travel, whether you be a student, whether you be a worker, or whether you're an elderly person or, you know, looking for medical treatment and have to be in for a nine o'clock appointment. Yeah. Um, so we're really, like, we're absolutely baffled at why, you know, it's just... One service either way we're looking for. And you
3: would think um, that it wouldn't cause too much of a delay on the routes, maybe uh, push back the timetable by maybe five, ten minutes. I would expect exactly. that to slow down nearer, but I, I can't see yeah. a massive delay.
7: Yeah, and there actually was a morning commuter um, service in Charvel um, going back about ten years or so Um, but the problem then at that stage was that we were in the height of recession and there was no jobs (laughs) you know so there wasn't people I suppose the need for the service wasn't what it it should have been I suppose to keep the service so really like we're not even asking for a new service we're asking for a service that was there to be reinstated and you know and you have
3: a bigger population now as well people who have moved to the Chernobyl area because of the cost and rising house prices are now settled there their children are grown up they're going to college so you it's a new travel in, in a way than what it was uh, 10 or 20 years ago and from the train Evelyn to the buses then uh, there's no I was saying earlier on our breakfast show the Cane you know in West Cork they have West Cork Connect in the city they have Cork Connect they have Cove Connect going to uh, Cove and parts of East Cork but there's no connect service across North Cork
7: no, there isn't. But the thing is, we say here in Charvel, we're covered by the express route. Mm. And our issue here is, we say with students, we say with the express route, again, the first express route leaves Charvel at 8 o'clock, it isn't any good. Also, as far as students are concerned, they will say if the leave card is even rolled out at the moment, like it was there on the 5th of September, uh, which is available to Manlow students, isn't available for students here in Charval, as because we're covered by the expressway service. And The expressway service does it. You can use the leave card, but you don't get any discount on it. So we have a situation where like in for an example there on the trades in Mallow, um a car student in to Mallow pays two euros but a charvel pays six sixty. So there's a quite a big jump. Um, but again, it's because we're on the N20 and we don't have the bus airing services. We have the expressway. We've one bus airing service leaving, and it is a good service Seven, It is the 705 leaving Charlville to Cork Station. You know, and some students are looking up if your your course is within the city centre, you will get to your course on time. However, the issue there is that bus doesn't return till the following morning. So if you get a return ticket, you can not come back till the following morning. It doesn't, that if you buy a return tickets the expressway services don't honor those tickets so basically we just have one service out and you have to wait till the following morning i think it's a six or something like that it comes back out of cork to um, so again it's not really any good um, so you, we're kind of caught in the middle in travel, like even though we have the fantastic um, train station and it is actually kept immaculate and the trains that come in and out of it are brilliant but they're just at the wrong times and again back as you said to the buses um, the bus service again has got to do with tickets and issues again in relation to North Cork and I presume we're not the only town in North Cork that this is affecting as well Yeah I'd, uh, I'd say there's more
3: been, Yeah, and a leap card I can't understand why why the leave yeah, car like, was brought like into and not Chernobyl.
7: Exactly. Like, why, why does Cork stop in Mallow? Like, you know, unfortunately, because we seem to be on the border, we do seem to be caught between, you know, getting services. Um, like, even with the rural link, we'll say the rural link will say that his service in Charval is actually coming from the Limerick side, Newcastle West. So even though it crosses into Charval and stops in Charville, he can't get a licence. Currently, to provide the service that we could need to move, we'll say the students from here in the morning from Charvil to the connect the Limerick service in Kilmallock. So again, we're kind of caught in the middle, and no one seems to be able to kind of get over the impasse. But like from my point of view, I see there with the Garabooks, and we'll say there with the Ploughing Championship, we have Busair there and an expressway putting on services to accommodate them, and it's fantastic to see. But you know workers and students here in Charvel need a service and nobody seems to be able to move it from we know we need the service but
3: to provide the service Yeah and as you say you're willing to use the services the town has increased in population and new people have moved there over the last 10 or 15 years so it's a different uh, aspect of of Traveller now than it would have been maybe 15 years ago when things changed as you mentioned during the recession and it's interesting Evelyn that you said about people cannot afford to purchase cars and and the cost of fuel the Greens keep telling us to leave our cars at home to use public transport I mean in the cities there's debate it's going on about removing the gardens, people's back gardens or front gardens, as they're going to use those lanes to get new bus routes in called Bus Connect in city areas. And that's in Dublin and here in Cork City. Uh, and then we have issues in North Cork where I think it was the National Transport Authority, they're refusing to grant licenses, uh, which would increase the, the private bus operators in Charleville. So it's, it's like one crowd is saying one thing and somebody else is saying a different thing.
7: Exactly. That's what we, but like as we're, we've been looking into it more and more in the last week or two, we've actually realised that, um, you know, we were saying, like, what could we do instead of looking to the government all the time? Is there something we could do? do you know, maybe there's a simpler solution than what we were looking for? So we, you know, people were saying, oh, the City Link bus passes through Charitable all the time, you know, um, mm-hmm. why, why, and it's half empty. Why isn't it stopping? So we contacted City Link and we said to them, you know, we have an issue here in Charitable. You know, we don't have these services. Um, any chance, basically, you could stop? So what they wrote back to us is they said, that they had applied for licenses for travel in the past and they had been refused under the um, because we'll say they said that the PSO was being provided by bus so basically they're saying the public service obligation is being provided by bus airing and that is why like the like City CityLink, which wouldn't add an extra bus into Charvel. They're already passing through Charvel. They're just not permitted to stop. Um, and I don't know would they service that early in the morning. Again, we'd have to look at that. But they're not even being given the opportunity. But yes, and again, they wouldn't be adding to congestion that's in Charvel because they're already coming through.
3: Yeah, they're driving through anyhow to go on to Limerick so there's no extra uh, yeah. extra traffic going through but also it's interesting again that they're not allowed to stop there because of this PSO licence and you're more or less refusing them to do that while there's a need for that. So what's the next situation for the campaign? Because I presume this stage of campaign is going to be started now in the Charnival area about the lack of public transport you have. Uh, are you going to hype up the campaign? Or are you going to hold protests? Or what's going to happen?
7: It's Exactly, we are because like as you mentioned there about population like we have estimated at the moment between 2016 when the last census to when the recent one was taken in 2022 Charvel now has a population increase roughly of about 20% that we have estimated so like with this kind of growth and we've, we've lost the housing developments starting to come on stream here in Charville, and we have another big development here in the town we'll say that's nearly finished and we'll have people moving into that and again there's no parking spaces there so we keep building and building and we're and people who use public transport and the public transport is not there. We, you know, we need to call the local officials to account and the local county councils and the national transport authority as to that uh, we can't be waiting forever for these roads. We've yeah. the students and the workers. You know, we need a public service and we need it now. And if they're not going to provide it, just to let other operators come in and provide the service that's badly needed in the town. Yeah
3: totally agree. I mean, the private operators promising. are elsewhere, so why not have them in Charnival And that in 20, that we're talking about, I mean, we're talking about it for the last 20, 30 years, so I don't know when yeah. that is It's ever going to <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. go go ahead. <laughs> exactly. Uh, for the moment, yeah. Evelyn, the best of luck with you. In, stay in touch and uh, hopefully and there'll be some thank good you. news anyhow from existing operators who want to provide those services and also thank maybe Irish yes. Rail will, will do going. something. We'll wait and yeah. see. Uh, thanks thank for joining us this them. morning.
7: Okay. Thank you.
3: Uh, Evelyn there on the comment line uh, emailed in to us uh, across the week, Evelyn O'Keefe, she's chairperson of the local uh, forum in Charnival, the community forum and I'm sure others uh, would agree while we're all being told to use public transport many of us just simply cannot as she outlines there from Charnival. and also uh, a text in from Mary who is in the, living in the Buttevant area uh, Mary agrees with what Evelyn says about being forgotten about, she says where we are in Buttevant we are at the end of the Cork East constituency and we're bounding the new area of Limerick and she feels because of our location we are forgotten about it's very unfair uh, especially when you hear the debates from the city about the removal of gardens uh, for bus lanes yet we can't access buses in many parts of North Cork uh, but also outside of that uh, Mary says there's bigger issues that we are forgotten about and she feels that only for community activists nothing will be done thank you uh, for your text to 0862103103 WhatsApp on the same number and on the way we're going to hear before on the show you would be be familiar with Una O'Hagan uh, the former RTE broadcaster who has uh, joined us uh, on air regarding Saints and the book along with her late husband Colm on the Saints they have written about over the years Well, one man is looking for information regarding St. Gubnett and he's currently in the process of writing a book about St. Gubnett we're going to chat with him
1: next You're listening to Cork Today on Replay phone and text line are currently closed.
0: Cork today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086
3: 2103 103. 103. St. Gubnett is a saint known to many across Cork, but author Con Lynch is looking for extra information on the saint for an upcoming book he is writing. And Con joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Con. Good morning. First of all, why did you decide to write a book on St. Gubnett?
8: Well, there are four reasons really. The first one I suppose is gratitude because as a young uh, man uh, and a young boy growing up in Balavona, uh, in common with people all over Ireland at the time, if people were sick, they rarely sent for a doctor. And if you were ill, well, we depended very much on saint government or local patron saint uh, who, uh, with whom there are many cures uh, associated. And um, I suppose it's out of gratitude in a sense that uh, I thought I should write the book. That's the first reason. The second reason is that... Um, eh, I think it's a story that should be told because um, Covenant was really an amazing woman. Uh, she uh, started in in a County, Galway, living um, uh, on her own. She was originally from Clare, and while there she had a vision or a dream which told her that she should search for a place where she would find nine white deer uh, together grazing. And uh, she had to have extraordinary faith to set out on such a journey. Uh, the journey took her to um, from Inishir to Don queen and Kerry, on to and in Kerry, Balia gran and Limerick, down to Kilgoblinet in Waterford, back then uh, along the Blackwater, I think. And uh, certainly she's associated with Mallow and uh, uh, with Kilsanic, where Abbey as well is based, of course, and where well, there's a good committee there, and uh, then on to Um and Balabona, and she may have been in Gypsy Courtyard area, but uh, the jury is out on that one yet. So uh, that's the, the, the second reason, because I think it's a story that that, that should be told. Um, the third one is um, it's that because it's such a journey, and uh, I read one time about a Camino in in Spain, and uh, I thought that it would be interesting to have a Camino uh, de Santa Governor. But um it went out of my mind for several years until I started again a few years ago to research Saint Goblet and that's the the other um, reason. and uh, then of course, there is a, a, a whatever call a, a byproduct reason and Saint Goblet acts on the list of Saints, the official list of Saints in Rome, the Martyrology, until about the 13th or 14th century thereabouts. Uh, And she and her name and uh, the names of a whole lot of other people were actually removed at that time. Now, there were good reasons for it, probably, because um, maybe many of them, uh, they weren't sure if they were ever real people. But um, Gobnet is certainly very much a real person. And um, the church in Ireland then in 1998 restored Gobnet as an official saint. And uh, the round in Baliborna, where the shrine of Saint Governor is, was... um, Identified and marked down as an official site of pilgrimage for the Jubilee uh, 2000. So uh, that's um, generally the reasons why I thought the book should be written, because as I said, it's a story that should be told, and she was quite an amazing lady.
3: Yeah, Con, and as you mentioned there regarding the Camino, I think that would prove very interesting, but would it be a makeup of both and lands for this Camino?
8: I think they would Now it's likely that she came by boat to Dune Queen mm. because there would be quite a lot of traffic uh, 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 on the sea at that time. And we must remember that St. Brendan uh, set off even for uh, uh, to find America. So there would be very competent sailors at that time. And uh, the land journey would uh, pro- probably be done, then the rest of it would be done on land. It, it, there are several difficulties, of course. Number one, I have to be sure that each place is authentically associated with government. Um, There are an awful lot of, uh, well, there are quite a number of wells that uh, are associated with her as well and that bear her name. But I'll certainly be starting the Camino as uh, are outlining it on the basis of the principal areas which he visited.
3: And just when you mentioned there about more information on areas associated with Gopnet, uh, one of the reasons you're joining us today is you're looking for local knowledge, more so
8: from the Malo region. That's correct. I have uh, a huge, got a huge amount of knowledge uh, Uh, about all areas really and I just want to say at this point that Skullgobneton and and Mallow provided me with a a nice bit of information and I got a very good information as well from uh, the Glantan National School and I'm really really grateful for that. Now uh, I would be interested as well because very often there's local knowledge that is not written in any books or anything like that. So, especially Mallow Town itself, the cemetery there is named St. Gobnet Cemetery. The skull is named Skull Gobneton. And uh, so, I'm just wondering if there isn't a deeper association with um, the exact Mallow uh, area than um, what uh, is is known to me at this present time. Now, there is no doubt about her association with with Lantan and with Kilshanik. uh, because there's um, a shrine there, uh, Abbey's well there, and uh, rounds are done there each year on the 11th of February, which is her feast day. So basically what I'm appealing uh, to the listeners for is for information, local information that would link St. Goblet strongly to Mallow, or um, also the Mill Street area perhaps, Strone area in Kerry where they, there's a shrine to um, the city, it's called and uh, also Mill Street, Banteer, for dripsy area as well. Um, so I'm um, um, pe- appealing for that. Also, people may uh, have knowledge of cures that were affected through praying to St. Goblet and that would be very, very interesting because if we are ever going to begin a process to have restored to the martyrology in Rome, well, we would need uh, authentic accounts of miracles.
3: And the information then, no matter how big or small it is, uh, people to come forward and contact you with this, historians, I suppose, would be one of the likely sources?
8: There would, yes. Uh, almost in every place there is a local historian, but there would also be people who would not necessarily be official or well-known historians that would have knowledge. Uh, some of them might be people who actually would be connected with Balvona or be descendants of people in Balvona. And um, others, uh, it's for whatever reason, if somebody has information about government, um, I, I would really, really appreciate um, uh, them sharing it with me because the last thing I want to happen is that I have a book written and then somebody says, this story has happened here or this happened there and you didn't include it in the book. So uh, please tell me uh, now uh, if you do have information and it would be um, included in the book, hopefully.
3: And you mentioned there earlier at the start when I was chatting to you regarding in Ballyvorny in the early years uh, that if you were sick, you would go to your doctor maybe, but also people would turn to St. Govanet. Do you already have stories of cures that that are attributed to St. Govanet?
8: and you just uh, as a child growing up and uh, most people would would never see a doctor uh, you know you got the usual measles mumps um, and uh, uh, chicken pox, you, you, you got them all and uh, you went through them and you had sore ears and two legs and the rest of it and you just, uh, uh, you didn't get a doctor. Uh, usually uh, people in, in Balavona had a measure which they take of a very, very ancient statue of Saint Governor. it's called Saint Gobnet's measure or Saint Abbey's measure practically every house in the parish would have Saint Abbey's measure and I remember on one occasion being I think it's a sore year I had in calling my mother maybe about one o'clock in the morning and uh, she got a chair, climbed up on the, the to the top shelf of the uh, climbed up on the chair to get to the top shelf of the, the press where she kept the Saint-Damage measure, rubbed it to my ear. Now sometimes too we'd have a bottle of Saint-Gubernets of water from the Holy Well as well and drink a little of that as well. And um, so uh, yes, uh, that was the, uh, she was, uh, uh, I put it like this, God was a great physician. Uh, uh, Gobnet was his local uh, doctor and the round and Balabona was her dispensary. Now your question about cures. Yes, there are uh, quite a few, um, almost all of them from balavona but there are some suggestions of cures in other places as well. Now, some of them in balavona have already been documented by a, a, a woman named Um, a Tharkry, um Hannah Marie Corcory and uh, she has published a small little book with uh, a list of the cures on it. I uh, hope I have already got some more and I, I'm, as I said, I'm in search of more still because the more we have, um, the better. May I also just say that um, coincidentally, another uh, lady um, it was uh, following um, doing a project on the Holy Wells of Munster. And uh, in her work, she became interested in saying government as well. So she is also working on, on uh, outlining a, a Camino. And uh, we have met and uh, talked together. So hopefully we'll, we'll agree on a final one. It's good to have somebody else um, uh, helping anyway.
3: Yeah, true. More stories, the better. And if people have
8: information, con uh, what's the best way to contact yourself? A website, because um, I uh, this will be... In my fourth book, uh, the book on St. Gobnet, if I, with the help of God, get the help to finish it. Uh, so I have a website as well. And uh, if anyone looks up Cornelius corneliuslynchauthor.ie then that uh, will give them the contact details there. Well,
3: Con, I wish the very best of luck with your current book on St. Gobernate. There's always a huge fascination with saints right across Ireland. Any time we discuss them, we get reactions. So hopefully you do to this. And thanks for
8: joining us this morning. Okay. Mila Beacus, I am very grateful to you. Thank you con
3: Con Lynch there uh, author if you want again to contact him you just go to his website corneliuslynchauthor.ie we have his mobile phone, phone number here as well and you can get in contact with us and we'll pass it on to you also your gardening questions are welcome if you have a gardening question because Peter Doddle, the Irish gardener is along from 1230 you can call Bernie now with your questions on 0818 103 103, or you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103, 103 Cork today until 1 Bernie taking your comments along with your gardening questions because Peter Doddle will join us at 12.30 answering all your gardening queries. If you have one, get those into us now. Uh, we'll have it for Peter after 12.30. 0818 103 103 by phone or you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 and a lot of comments in on the various issues we've been discussing across the morning. We'll get to those very shortly uh, but first of all, back to something from, actually just one that has come in there to Bernie. And um, that I just want to give a mention to. You. This is a man um, and calls from the Donnerill area that's just come into to us. There's a man locals in Donrel are claiming, uh, pretending to be going around as a guard. Uh, but he is calling to elderly people in the area. He has just called to one person and this was in the Bally Andrew area of Donrill and the man claimed to be a member of Angarda Sheecon and I'm not too sure if he was wearing uh, a Garda uniform or if he was, had some type of ID with the Garda logo uh, that he was claiming he was a member of the force but he told this lady to go and check wherever she keeps her valuables and it was something to do with a the check they were doing in the area and to make sure that everybody had their valuables and, and their items locked away securely so she did this but when she came back down and I'm zooming back down the stairs this man had taken her purse, uh, but the lady's purse had over 400 euros in it. Now, the Gardaí are calling to uh, the person in question. Uh, but just a word of warning out there, if you're in the uh, Donneril area, and when I say area, that man isn't going to hang around uh, pretending to be a, a Garda in Donneril. He's more than likely moving moving around that area. So he could be in Shambhali Moor, he could be crossing over. Uh, towards Mitchellstown or anywhere, really, to be honest. And to all you're back to Mallow. So just take uh, care if you know of someone in that area who's vulnerable or living on their own and there's someone who might be calling to their door uh, later today claiming they're a member of an Garda she the and are busy enough at the moment they can't you know they can't get around to doing what they want to do not a mind calling to see if people are keeping their valuables in their home secure uh, so just be aware of that again I don't have much more details if he was wearing a guard uniform or not or if he had some uh, type of false ID on him but just take good care and indeed put a word of warning out there for those uh, who are in a situation whereby they may fall for someone who is claiming to be from a Kona. and Liam remember Liam was on to us yesterday around this time on the show uh, Liam had a sore throat and he had a work presentation today and he wanted to know a quick remedy uh, to clear his sore throat Liam was back on to say thank you to all the listeners who contacted us yesterday with such a massive response to uh, cures or faster remedies to clear a sore throat we uh, passed a lot of them on to Liam after the show we mentioned as much as we could while we were live but he says he did try uh, the remedies and the honey worked best along with someone who recommended sandalwood oil his presentation went all fine this morning he still has a touch of a sore throat and a tickly cough he said but for the presentation he took a spoon of honey beforehand it did soothe his throat and everything worked out for him but he just wants to text back in and say thank you uh, to all the listeners who did provide support yesterday so there we are from Liam but can we help somebody else out actually two people who wished for help first of all this is Mara on WhatsApp who says I have a question JP for your brilliant listeners if somebody can help me out I have one door in my house that was sprayed by a male cat the door is now horrible I have tried mopping it with bleach vinegar and baking soda each separately but uh, no luck so any ideas please for Mara who has been in touch via WhatsApp to 0862103103 if you do WhatsApp or Text us or call Bernie as well on 0818103103 for a cat that has sprayed uh, a male cat a door in Mara's house. How can she get rid of that smell from the door and clean it up? And then this Bernie tells me is someone who was very genuine, so we'll put it out there to see if, if anybody maybe came across this man, Joe. Joe is from Kinsale Beg in County Waterford. And I'm not sure if you're walking on the street, if you see someone, does do sparks fly if you're on a busy street and you catch eyes with someone? Well, Joe feels it did in this situation because last Monday week, the 12th of September, at about 5.30 in the evening, Joe was heading towards uh, Lidl in Cork City Centre and a lady came up Paul Street and he says their eyes met. And he felt there was a spark. So he's just wondering, by any chance, if that lady was happened at this moment in time to be listening to the show, would she get in touch with us? So maybe that lady, if you were in the area of Paul Street in Cork City Centre, Monday the 12th at around 5.30, and you... You felt you crossed eyes with another man and there was a spark. Well, Joe, who was in Kinsale Beg in County Waterford, who was in Cork City for that day, would like you to get in touch with us and we'll pass any numbers and connect you up and see what happens. Uh, could you, would there be a spark on a busy street looking over? God I don't know Let us know if you think there is Sometimes it's, things are so busy i have been in a world of my own Half the time I don't see people That I know passing me That I mind someone To see if there's a spark Anyway uh, if, if maybe you can If there is a spark When you lock eyes On someone On a busy city street Let us know Joe is looking for Some information anyhow uh, you never know We could be in luck And moving on to Other issues we discussed This morning First of all on the buses And the calls we received And the emails From those living In the Charnival area Who feel at this stage They are being ignored They have no public bus service They have uh, Public bus service And a train going through Charnival But at the wrong times For the timetable You won't make work or College in time In either Limerick Or Cork City uh, So they want Availability made On the timetables To readjust them So the train will stop Early in the morning For those heading To Worker College and likewise in the evening and similar with buses there is only the uh, bus errand or expressway routes serving the area in fact more or less serving all of North Cork apart from the local link there is no uh, connect services like you would have uh, with the Cove Connect or Cork Connect or West Cork Connect uh, they don't have that in, the, uh, in, in I think in the whole area of North Cork unless I'm wrong Anyhow Uh, on this first of all Mary says I have a free bus pass I have it with three years but there's no bus near me so I have not used it once says Mary so uh, that's another example of receiving the bus pass but there's no bus in her area of Duhallow. and Tim is in Bandon he says we are so lucky to have West Cork Connect I work in Cork City and I live in Bandon it provides extra times along with the bus errand service but I do agree with your earlier texter the lack of a train service in West Cork is a huge loss but then when I hear lady from Charnival speaking to you I wonder would it be because they have a train station but trains passing by you'd wonder are we losing out without a railway service and staying with transport and on the roads and we heard earlier from a councillor Noel McCarthy in Formoy and also callers we had on who were frustrated one man going for his NCT today he feels he's damaged his car from travelling on the main street in Formoy due to the crumbling surface we're hearing about earlier in the show well John is in Formoy he says Says if all of the traffic was stopped coming through and people used the toll road instead the road's in Formoy would last much better. So John from what you're saying I presume you you feel that people are avoiding the tolls and coming through the town of Formoy and that's why there's extra pressure put on the roads and that toll was there for a reason to take the traffic out of Formoy but maybe people are avoiding tolls and heading back in through the town and that's putting extra pressure on traffic and therefore on the roads. While Joe is in Kilmaloc and he says if he wants to go to Dublin he has to go to Charnival because they have a railway station in Kilmallock but it is closed down he feels with the demand these days unlike what Evelyn was saying when I was speaking to her earlier from Chernobyl the population growth in so many areas now where people have moved home over the last two or three years but also uh, since evaluation was done back about 10 or 15 years ago on these services uh, you have people who are after relocating to areas outside of cities due to the high prices within all our cities in Ireland so Joe feels that Kilmallock railway station should be opened again the trains pass through Kilmallock every day anyhow so a bit like Charnival they're going through but in Kermalek's case, the railway station is just closed down uh, even though uh, the trains do pass back and forth but if they were open, if the station was open that people would use it in that area for commuting to wherever they wish to commute be that from Tralee Mallow uh, or onto Limerick Thank you Joe uh, for your call to Bernie on 0818 103 103 You can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 And earlier we heard from a lady who went into her local phone shop to uh, purchase a new phone her phone had literally broken she needed a new one there and then but also she uses her phone for college. so went in uh, the explained to the person behind the counter the sales guy what she needed he gave her this phone it cost 200 euros and basically when she left the shop and went home she realised she could not do what she wanted to do on the phone and she had highlighted this that she wanted the phone to do XYZ to the sales guy and realising after she paid her price and left the shop it doesn't do any of that now we did advise people there are certain phones out there that don't have the Google Play Store. If you're buying Apple, it's different. They have their own Play Store but on the Android system there is some phones and they have their own app store but they don't have the Google Play. So a lot of the colleges these days, uh, as this lady is part-time in college, will use services from Google and then you can't download those services because obviously the phone doesn't contain Google Apps. Uh, Well, a lot of people on text feel that this person has some comeback. Margaret in says the lady should be able to claim her money back uh, for the phone if she went to the small claims court could they help her says Margaret Shintalo while a number of people say that lady the phone that she purchased uh, she of course is entitled to a refund as it's not fit for purpose if she explained to the sales assistants what she wanted and left with a product that doesn't provide that then in many people's eyes they feel it's not fit for purpose well we're going to speak uh, we won't get to it now before 1 o'clock today but we are going to check in with Dermot Jewel from the Consumer Association of Ireland because uh, I have received another text from somebody else who has been in a similar situation And this was for their daughter who is going to college next year, but doing their leaving search and needed a new phone. And they felt right, they get the phone, it will do for college and for whatever they need for the leaving search. But like that, it it isn't doing what they wanted to do. And again, I wonder, is it to do with the system of Google not being on some of uh, the makes of phones that are out there? Anyhow, we're going to check in with Dermot and we'll see if that woman and a few other people that are on by text, if they are entitled to a refund and if they can go down the road of either it's not fit for purpose... Or is it a, a case for the Small Claims Court? Anyway, we'll, we'll have a chat with Dermot at this stage. It'll be on tomorrow, so it'll be interesting to see, though, uh, what he makes of that scenario. And then something totally different, and this is to do with the clocks, and are the clocks going to go back this year? Well, there's no talk of them not going back uh, in the end of October, it would be. There was talks of them for this year due to the energy situation that we should leave things as they are. There's been talks over the last four or five years on leaving the clocks alone and not changing them but no as it stands they are going back as planned in the last weekend in October usually when that happens they'll confirm the date nearer Uh, but for the moment and we spoke with Senator Tim Lumbert on this, who feels they should stay the way they are. It would decrease our use of energy over the coming winter. But no, uh, clocks for the moment are going back, I'm afraid, for that texter. And coal prices. Somebody on WhatsApp asking regarding coal and your views are welcome on this. Uh, this person says, I am pricing coal from my coal man just now. And at the minute, I will be paying 30 euro. But from next week, it will be 40 euro. So I just told my Coleman that I'm not paying 40 euro. Now this person on WhatsApp says and this person feels that Coleman are taking the milk all because of the fuel allowance is out next week. Please don't say they have to live as well. I am sick of this government. I don't have gas sticks. Wouldn't even heat my room. I have the fire and my coal by the way is smokeless coal before anybody asks. But I am fed up of everything in Incre- Increasing, uh, And thank you for your WhatsApp. Uh, I do know from coal merchants, and I've seen a number of them over the last well across the country, but one in Cork within the last week who has decided to pull out and close his business due to the increasing cost of selling coal and the increasing cost of transport to provide uh, coal services. So I know you say that, you know, they, they don't tell me they have to live. Uh, many are choosing not to and just leave the industry. Uh, but everything, unfortunately, I can feel their frustration. Everything is going up. And it was and interesting to say 40 euro during the summer. I think it was 20, 25 euro. And we had callers said, telling us that by the end of September and by October, we will be all paying 40 euros for a bag of coal. And you're just proving it now there that that is the case. Uh, I mean yeah it's a sticky situation when you don't have gas and you, you feel you need coal uh, to heat your fire as many would agree with you uh, and is it a case that we will have to just live with this at the moment due to the high rising cost of everything going up because those who have gas will also be paying higher in their gas but as we have seen the energy companies increase prices uh, in both the ESB um, electric Ireland that is uh, the latest to increase uh, and also we've had gosh and SSE so everybody's going to be paying more and this is just another form of it but your views are welcome at the price of coal uh, on the increase and people sick of the increase in coal Uh, I I don't know if it's a connection with the fuel allowance or not next week you feel it is uh, thank you for your whatsapp though on 0862 103, 103. and staying on fuel somebody's asking with the latest coming from Russia with what Putin was saying this morning in his address to the Russian nation will that make the price of fuel go up it may do uh, no idea if it will or not but it may do uh, and the reason of this is because the Russian president he's threatened the West with nuclear powers if it continues in his view to black mail his country following the invasion of Ukraine and four occupied regions in Ukraine are planning to hold votes on joining Russia Now world leaders have condemned these votes, they're calling them a sham uh, but in his address to, a uh, television address to the nation uh, Putin has warned that he has various weapons and he's insisting that he isn't afraid to use them. Uh, many question if he has those weapons or not but he has said he has and he said that he will use them and will that raise cost? That will raise everything if anything goes on uh, like this anyhow thank you for your whatsapp to 0862 103 103. and on the smokeless coal and the bag of smokeless coal somebody has texted to say I've got a bag myself here for 35 euro uh, so they still are below 40 euro if that person wants to go shopping around and thank you uh, for your text and whatsapp to 0862 103 103 or call Bernie on 0818 103, 103. same numbers for your gardening questions Peter Duddle uh, will join us after 12.30 and Premier League Live It's back on the 1st of October returning from its break It's on C103.ie powered by Talk Sports. Trevor Welsh will be back he will have all the action from the Premier League including live games big match interviews and much more The Premier League Live online returning on Saturday the 1st of October with Harvey Norman your home of the big screen Listen on C103.ie or on the C103 app
0: The C103 Cork Diary.
4: With Cork County Council delivering roads and housing, community and business supports all across the county. See corkcoco.ie.
3: And if you have any items to donate to the fundraising charity Picnic and Sale of Work, well, you can do that and send them in to Jean on 085 209 0440. This is due to be held in Newtown Chandram on the 1st of October. And proceeds from this charity day will go to five charities. They include the Irish Cancer Society, also the Heart Foundation and the Alzheimer's Society. And a Monster Coffee Morning will go ahead this Friday morning at the High Street Lounge in Horrigan new market from 10.30 to 1pm all proceeds go to Marymount Hospice and Team Hope's Christmas Shoebox Appeal is about to launch a nationwide appeal for volunteers but they're also looking for new teams in Mallow to help check donated gift filled shoeboxes in one of the new checking centres in Mallow and for more information you can go to their website teamhope.ie and Hurley, he's Sintra. They will hold their annual spinathon. thon That's an age of Blackwater Search and Rescue. It's going ahead this Friday in their Mill Street, Mallow and Formoy stores. And Rathbarian District Vintage Club. They're going to hold their annual tractor, truck, run and motorcycle. It's going ahead this coming Sunday. You can register from 11am in the Parish Hall. And this year, the run is in memory of former club member Rex Kingston. And all proceeds will go to Breakthrough Cancer Research and Ardfield Rathbury. Parish Hall Renovation Fund.
0: Cork today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment.
3: 0818 103 103. And Shane on text who tells me he was at the Ploughing Championships in Leash yesterday. What a display of everything. He asking, was I ever there? What a super day. The weather was fantastic. No Wellingtons to be seen on people, says Shane. Yeah, they're very lucky this year with the weather. I think on Thursday though there could be a bit of a change. They may be lucky uh, but f- for today anyhow and yesterday the weather is good uh, for the Ploughing Championships and was good yesterday. And was I ever there? I did. I worked there a good few years ago. Um, it was when it was in Cork, was in wasn't it uh, back in 2006 if I'm right uh, it was I was freelancing at that stage for different radio stations uh, across the country and it was a farm magazine farm and plant magazine are they still around uh, I was doing uh, some work for them as well and they had a stand at the Ploughing Championships in Mogili and I was working on their stand and reporting them for different stations um, local stations up the country uh, so yeah it's a great event Shane I must say it's a fantastic event and it's, it's so just huge I mean the scale of what goes on there all the various exhibitions from everything it's you know, a lot of it has nothing to do with farming people think it's a big farming event yes it is uh, but there's so much there for people who have no interest in farming and also outside of that you've got to remember and it's the world plowing championships are going ahead uh, this year in Leash. at the very end of the displays is where the uh, plowing uh, takes place and we have so many competitors from Cork and over the years so many successful uh, competitors from Cork so we wish them all well this year as well now Mara was on to us earlier looking for some advice for her door in her house that's been sprayed by her male cat to get rid of that uh, horrible smell. Uh, some ideas for you, uh, Mara. First of all, someone is saying try TCP. Uh, that should work for you but also um, if you use hot water with strong solution of biological washing powder or liquid, Sheila says that will help the matter for you. So hopefully uh, they work out for you there, Mara. And the man Joe from Waterford, who was on the street, it was a Kinsale Beg, yeah, Kinsale Beg in Waterford, who was on a city street in Cork uh, back on the twelfth of September around 5 30 PM. He a woman passed him, he felt they locked eyes and that there was a spark. And I was kind of saying, can you have a spark uh, on a busy city street if you've locked eyes? Anyhow, he thinks he had. He wanted to know if that person that he locked eyes with, if that woman was listening around now to make contact with us, she might. And you never know, could be a beautiful blossoming relationship. But uh, a bit of advice for you, Joe, from a few people summed up by this texter who says, for that misguided man from Waterford, if you want money in your pocket and peace of mind, forget your looks and eyes and mind yourself, uh, Joe. So there you go. Not too sure what you make of that, but that's what's come in so far on text or WhatsApp on 0862-103-103. Uh, that number also for your gardening questions. We'll be speaking to Peter Doddle very shortly or you can always call Bernie 818 Peter will join us with gardening advice next.
0: Record today on C one oh three. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 103
3: 103. And time to join our Irish gardener Peter Doddall who joins us as usual on a Wednesday. Hello to you, Peter.
4: Good afternoon, John Paul. How are you? I'm fine, how are you keeping? Very good. Enjoying the sunshine while we still have it. <laughs> yeah, it's a
3: really weather-wise. We're having a really good run of it. I mean, it's it's is it good for the gardens having it uh, good this long? And many people are saying on oh, text it's going to shorten our winter if we keep having these uh, sunny days.
4: Well, I don't know, and I've had this conversation before with Trish. I don't expect me up or not, but I always think September is our best month. It's not as hot, and the days aren't as long as during the summer. But it's it's very often we get sunshine during September, but. Uh, it, it it's you know I dare I say it we we <laughs> we need a bit of rain i know it's due this evening but um it, I mean it's not doing any harm to the gardens this glorious whether it's doing them it is doing them good but we, we do need to anything that was planted newly this year uh, does need watering definitely and
3: many farmers would agree with you on that when it comes to I suppose silage stocks they're already using uh, to feed their animals anyhow we'll get into the gardening questions Peter a lot of them in and first one in from a person who has sent on a picture of last year's Ponsetti now it's lovely and there, it's been red all year round but the green leaves are now going through and they want to know will these green leaves leaves turn red Peter or should they do something so that they will turn red
4: well anybody who, who listens to me regularly JP will know that I am not an expert when it comes to Ponsetti I can give you the textbook advice but I've never managed to get them from year to year myself so you're probably a, a ste- the caller is a step or two ahead of me on this one already so the red leaves are, are actually a modified leaf they're they're called bracts and they're what we all love about the Ponsetti these these bracts they're not leaves and they're not flowers they're they're actually they're modified to to in the wilds to attract the pollinators to the flowers which are very small white flowers in the center but that's in in mexico uh, where they're native to um so the long-winded answer to the question is the green leaves are fine that's perfectly healthy growth um the leaves you will get red growth on them again. You will get red bracts, but you can't be sure to be at Christmas time. That uh, They go through kind of periods of artificial darkness and sunlight to get them prepared for Christmas. So yours most likely will turn red again, but I couldn't tell you when I'm afraid.
3: All right. And this is from Pat, Peter. Now, he has a small footpath, but he wants to know what's the best thing to set there when he means there at either side, I presume, of the footpath
4: that's an impossible one to answer really without without seeing it like uh, and what does he want does he want something very small and and ground cover or does he want something more hedgy or you know uh, and then you need to look at things like you you, what kind of is the soil is it is it free draining or is it boggy and then you also need to look at things like aspect like is it very very sunny or not so I couldn't even attempt an answer at that one I'm afraid like when you're getting into specifics as to what plants to plant where you kind of really need a lot of information. But the best thing I would say to get it right is, is for him to take a few photographs of it and to bring it to his local garden centre where they will, you know, garden centres are great because they're a mine of information and they're only too happy to share it. And they'll help you pick the right plants for that um for, for, for individual spots I'm not trying to, to be unhelpful by not answering it it's just we need more information before I could give you any kind of a decent answer you Yeah so
3: best thing to go along to the local garden and they can advise what would suit uh, the area in question of around his home and Dermish wants to know can he plant yellow rattle seeds from the 2021 crop this winter he bought a lot of them he wants to know can he set them now?
4: you don't yellow rattle is a wildflower and it's 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 one that's used very often in gap or in filling in gaps in year two and year three of establishing a meadow and that's because it it's kind of like a parasitic plant nearly that it feeds off grass so it slows the growth of grass in a meadow which is what you want to allow the wildflowers to take over. Um, you really want to, to, the, the temperatures to drop. A lot of people are anxious to get wildflowers in, into the ground and bulbs into the ground and all that now, but actually you really don't want to. It's it's too warm. Uh, you, you certainly shouldn't be planting bulbs and the same is true for yellow rattle. You want there to be a frost first. You want the, the frost to start on the soil first before you sow the re- yellow rattle or else it just won't germinate. Um, as regards 2021s, you, you, the advice is normally to use this season's yellow rattle this season so whether twenty twenty ones will still be viable or not I can't say but I would certainly give it a go I would, you might not get 100% germination but you should get some.
3: Well, Best of luck Dermot with that and Teresa is in, in a skein. her buckus hedge has got bald patches and it has a nasty smell. Now she says some of the smells is a bit like cats so I don't know does she mean that cats maybe are in and out of the hedge uh, but she wants to know could it be a fungal infection and should she dig it out and sanitise the
4: area? It could be one of several things. It could be fungal, which is the most common one. Would be box blight, which is a fungal infection which uh, affects the boxes plants. the box plants, um, again, without seeing it, it's hard to say for sure. But it's quite possible box blight, right? Uh, it could also be the box moth, right, which which also feeds in these bare patches. It could feasibly be caused by maybe uh, animals like cats getting in there. It could be. uh, But again, without seeing it, I I couldn't say for sure. If she wants to send a picture, either bring a picture, as I say, again, to your local garden centre where they'll advise, or send a picture in to us, and I'll try and, uh, you know, diagnose it from a photograph. If it is blight, then yes, well... Sorry, I was going to say, yes, take it out and sterilize. It. But actually, if you want to, you could leave it in there, treat it with copper sulfate or top boxes, which should get in control of, of the box blight. But she's right with the next part about sanitizing. Uh, garden hygiene is crucial here, that you're not spreading the infection to, from one boxes to another. So clean the pruning tools, clean the shovels, clean everything that you use on that plant before you move to another another part of the garden.
3: And Mary is a Mallow Now, she has a large variegated holly bush. It is very overgrown. And when is the best time to cut it back? She does not want to cut too much off at once in case it might not look good after
4: well she's right not to cut off too much uh, at once and often when you're doing what we call restorative pruning like this you do it over three and even more years because number one yeah it may not look good but maybe that's number two that it doesn't look good number one it might be too much of a shock to the plant if you take too much of it off in one go so uh, the correct that you could prune holly now but if you do that you're going to sacrifice the berries you're going to lose any berries that might be on it for this um this winter now without going too far into it i don't know whether it's a male or a female holiday holly so whether or not it berries or not uh i suppose realistically whenever you prune it you're going to end up sacrificing the berries so i would say the right time to prune it would probably be for me uh just after flowering next year you could try it just before flowering next year which is kind of april may time um but whether, if you do it just before, the, the reason I say if you do it just before flowering, you may still get some flowers afterwards, which will give you berries. But I suppose the berries aren't the priority here. It's more about reducing the size and getting the shape right. So I would say just after flowering next year, kind of April, May.
3: And Jerry is in Donerell. He has a new patch of lawn which is full of weeds. Uh, can you recommend anything to get rid of the weeds, Peter?
4: A hand trowel and get out there. I'm afraid and, and take them out now. If it's a new lawn, very often people see new lawns and and they're alive with annual weeds, particularly rape seed and a lot of what we call wildflowers, which will will have been laid the seed of which will have lain dormant in the soil for maybe centuries, believe it or not. Um, and when you go at the top soil or when topsoil is moved onto a new site, uh, those seeds are brought to the soil surface and they germinate. Right. So you might think you got bad lawn seed or you might think whoever was laying the lawn if you didn't know what they were doing, but actually it's just part of nature. So when it becomes alive with these kind of seeds, you can really become disheartened and think, oh, it's all a flop. But actually, when once you start mowing a lawn, the annuals will just die off because they're only a one-year plant anyway. So don't worry about it. Now, if that's not the case, if they're perennials like docks or thistles or, or nettles or anything like that, Really, I mean, the correct thing to do is get in there and, and dig them out. That is the, the, the best way to do it. But more often than not with new lawn, it's just annual weeds that have come up with the soil being turned. So regular mowing should get in control of it.
3: And Carmel in Milford, she has a wild flower patch. Now most are finishing flowering. When should she cut them back?
4: I love when we get the a well-timed question, JP. When <laughs> So the answer is no. So well, well pretty much now, so if you have a uh, and as many people around the country have uh sown a wildflower patch or just let a patch go rewilded um or maybe it's a, you're in year 1 2 or 3 or more of it so with most of them uh, the vast majority of them what you should do is around this time of the year when the flowers the last of the flowers are going so, you possibly have still have some color on them we are having such a nice September. So, you could leave it for another couple of weeks. Uh, and then you cut it, either strim it or cut it with a hand shears uh, to within a few inches of, of ground level. Leave those trimmings on the ground, JP, so that the seeds then will go back into the soil and they'll disperse again. Uh, But then after, let's say, a month or six weeks, rake up the trimmings and and move them off into the compost bin. Uh, Otherwise, they'll just lead to very bad growing conditions at the soil surface. So leave them for a few weeks so the seed will go back into the soil, then remove the trimmings into the compost bin. And really, you just let it to nature, let nature, and then again, same time next year, you do the same again. I mean, it couldn't be much lower maintenance than that, really.
3: All right. And very finally, two final ones. First of all, Jur uh, wants to know, can the flame of the forest and camellia bush, can they be pruned now?
4: Uh, they can be pruned now, but I wouldn't because what you'll do if you prune them now, uh, you won't harm the plant, but you will remove any flower buds that are there for next year because both of those plants, they're spring flowering plants. The, the, the pyrrhus is this lovely lily, the valley type flower. And the camellia, of course, is a lovely pink, red or white, depending. But those flower buds are on the shrubs now for opening next spring. So pruning it now will remove them. Better to leave it till after flowering, depending on which variety you have. That could be April, May or June. Once the flowers have gone off, then prune it will be the advice I'd give.
3: And very finally, Catherine was at the plowing. Uh, She saw a product called Rinal for plants. It's R-I-N-N-A-L. Have you heard of it, Peter? Uh, And she wants to know what do you think of it and is it okay to use?
4: I haven't heard of it so I don't know what it is okay, so I can't then. give an opinion but okay. I'll do my homework for for next week JP Dude. and I, I, I'll, go, I'll Google it and see what it is uh, and I'll, I'll attempt an answer then.
3: Do you do that and we'll find out more about that next week. For the moment Peter thanks for joining us and we'll chat to you next week.
4: Talk then, JP. Take thanks. care.
3: That is Peter Doddell, our Irish Gardener. And you can find more information from Peter at theirishgardener.com or you can find him on Facebook or Instagram at the Irish Gardener. My thanks to Bernie Murphy who produced. And we'll chat to you again tomorrow morning from 10 a.m. Enjoy your Wednesday afternoon. I'm John Paul McNamara.
1: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers.